0: engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it now the end abortion podcast by priests for life well hello friends pro-life leader frank pavone here national director of priests for life welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together it's great to have you And uh, as always, you're welcome to leave your prayer intentions in the comments so that we can all lift each other up in a very specific way to the Lord for our needs. Share this video with others. Invite others to come on uh, now to join us in a time of prayer and scripture. Let's put ourselves in the Lord's presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, you are the God of mercy, forgiveness, And healing and today in this passage of your word we are invited to trust in you for the restoration of life we ask you Lord to restore what has been lost in the lives of each of us individually we ask you to restore what has been lost in the life of our nation of our church and of our world especially Lord we pray for an end to the culture of death We pray for an end to the Holocaust of abortion. And we pray for those who are suffering from the loss of their child or grandchild or relative. We pray for all those impacted by each and every abortion. May the passage we read today inspire the hope that you, O God, indeed will restore what has been lost. May we reach out to those who are in despair and grief with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray today. Amen. The reading, friends, is from the Gospel of St. Luke. Jesus journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her and said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, exclaiming, A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. This report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. Brothers and sisters, God is the God of life. His kingdom is the kingdom of life. As the liturgy says, it is a kingdom of truth and life, of holiness and grace, of justice, love, and peace. We know that God did not make death. He created all things, the Book of Wisdom tells us, so that they might have being. Because that's one dimension of what it means to be in the image and likeness of God. Namely, that you're alive. God is being itself. God is the fullness of life. And he freely shares that life with us. Now, how did he create us? How did he create the universe? He created it through speaking. We read in the book of Genesis, uh, right there at the first chapter of the Bible, when it talks about God creating the heavens and the earth and each individual part of them, it says God spoke and it came to be. In John's Gospel, we read in the beginning was the Word that's, of course, referring to Jesus. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and all things were made through Him. Now here, we have the one of the several instances in the Gospels where Jesus raises someone from the dead. Remember the story of Lazarus. What does he do? He cries out, Lazarus, come out. And what does he do here? Again, he speaks, young man, I tell you, I tell you, he's speaking, arise. The word of God creates the universe. The word of God raises the dead. The word of God forgives sin. The word of God saves us. I want to focus here in particular on the grief of the mother and Jesus' word to her, because as powerful as is his word that raises this young man from the dead, is the same word, the same power that he speaks to her, do not weep. Now, this is not to say that weeping is wrong. Weeping is not morally wrong, nor is it a sign of a lack of faith. We know that most powerfully because As we read in that other story of Lazarus being raised from the dead, John chapter 11, the shortest verse of the Bible is in there. Jesus wept. Well, he knew he was about to raise him from the dead. Why did he weep? He shares our human nature. And in our human nature, the fact that we love, the fact that we are attached to people by love means that if we lose them, there is grief. And there is weeping that is perfectly compatible with faith. Paul says to the Thessalonians, yes, we grieve, but not like those who have no hope. We grieve as people who do have hope. We weep as people who believe in the promise that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes in the new and heavenly Jerusalem. When what will have happened? The dead will have all been raised. Jesus didn't raise every dead person living at his, at his time. He raised certain people as a sign of the greater resurrection that comes about. And because of, of that hope, we put our faith in him. He raised these people from the dead in order to inspire faith. Look what happens as a result. It's, what, it's about what they believe about Jesus. Not just about the good deed that is done, which of course is significant enough, but what they think about Jesus. God has visited his people. We, they recognize the kingdom of God has come among us. A great prophet has arisen. But back to those words, do not weep. With the same power by which he raises the dead, he comforts our grief. By the same power by which he raises the dead, he wipes away our tears. He heals the soul of that grief. And this is a command that we also must put before the world. Just as the raising of the dead, and we do that, of course, by proclaiming the word, people embrace the word in faith. They are raised from the dead of their sins. They are infused with that eternal life that will physically raise them from the dead at the end of time. But we're also called to proclaim these words, do not weep and counteract the grief that those who have lost their children experience. We do this in our ministry of healing those that have lost the child through abortion. And as I said in the prayer, we're not just talking about the moms, but the dads, the grandparents, I mean, every aborted child, there are four grandparents involved. Do they grieve too? Of course they do. Maybe they grieve because they they were complicit in the abortion. Maybe they grieve because they tried to stop it, but they couldn't. But they grieve. Grandparents, what about the other relatives? The whole family has lost the child. Friends have lost that child. Do not weep. The gospel of life is the gospel of mercy. And we in the pro-life movement bear witness to the fact that God is ready, willing, eager to forgive the sins of those who have aborted their children, not because there's any way to justify those sins, but because life triumphs over death and mercy triumphs over judgment. The Lord speaks through his people, the same people who proclaim that abortion is wrong that death has no power over us in Christ, proclaim that sin has no power over us in Christ, we turn, after we have participated in the shedding of innocent blood, we turn to the innocent blood that was shed on the cross that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel, as the letter of the Hebrews tells us. Abel, the first person who was ever murdered, had his blood swallowed up by the ground but then it cried out to God. The blood of all the innocent cries out to God. And where that cry is heard most poignantly is in the very heart of that mother who underwent that abortion. Now she needs to hear the cry of the blood of Jesus. She hears the cry of the blood of that child. It torments her. Nightmares, temptations to suicide, and all kinds of other effects, physical and psychological and social and emotional and relational. And we're here to bring her the gospel of mercy. We're here to bring her the voice of another blood that fell to the ground from the cross. A blood that says, do not weep. Not because weeping is wrong but because weeping is temporary. Life triumphs over death. The separation that death brings is temporary. We do this every day through the healing ministries that the pro-life movement is engaged in. There are dozens of groups. I serve as pastoral director of, of two of them, but there are dozens of groups that provide scripturally-based, psychologically-sound paths to healing. The biggest, of which I'm privileged to be the chairman and pastoral director, is Rachel's Vineyard, ministry of retreats held in some over 70 countries, opening new sites all the time, where people are coming forward and immersing themselves in the Word of God, in prayer, and in the sacraments now there's a passage here in this gospel that we read that says what jesus did after commanding this mother not to weep and after raising her son from the dead it says jesus gave him to his mother now think about that verse for a moment Jesus giving a son, giving a child, back to his mother. You can take that verse and you can say, well, this is an echo of what he did when the child was first conceived and then when the child was born. Who gave that mother that child? Jesus did. So when when the gospel says Jesus gave him to his mother... That wasn't the first time. Jesus gave that son to his mother as soon as the son was conceived. In fact, Jesus gave him to his mother before she knew she was a mother. And that's true with practically every pregnancy, that we know The mother knows that she's a mother. The father knows he's a father. The grandparents know that they're grandparents. Aunts and uncles know that they are aunts and uncles. After the child has already begun to exist. So there's no such thing as, well, if you're going to say, I'm going to be a mother, say that when you first get married and promise to accept the gift of children from God, that's when you can say, I'm going to be a mother in all hope, right? I mean, because ultimately the decision is up to God, and we know many struggle with infertility. But in hope, I am going to be a mother. But once you know you're pregnant, the time has passed to say, I'm going to be a mother. You already are, otherwise you, you wouldn't be pregnant. If you're pregnant, you are a mother. You are a grandparent. If you're daughter or daughter-in-law is is pregnant you are already so this jesus gave him to his mother this was not the first time moreover it wasn't even at the time that the child was conceived that jesus decided to give that child to his mother that was a decision made from all eternity when did god decide that you should exist or if you're a parent when did god decide that he would give you your child, or if you're a grandparent? When did God decide he would give you those grandchildren? For as long as he's been God, he decided that. He chose us in him, Paul says, before the foundation of the world. It's an eternal decision that we're looking at here. An eternal decision. That's one of the reasons abortion is so wrong that it is a no to a, to a, to a yes. It is, contra- it is a contradiction to a yes that God spoke from forever. From forever. Now I mentioned Rachel's Vineyard. So we have these retreat programs and I have the manual here for uh, the retreats. And I wanna to refer to one particular point during the retreat where this gospel passage really comes to life. Jesus gave him to his mother. The person who has had an abortion is grieving of their guilt at having taken a life, and then the the pain of wondering, well, what happened to my child? What happened to the body? What happened to the soul? Will I see my child again? Now, we believe that when we've lost the child, whether by abortion or in any other way, the proper response of faith is to realize Lord, you gave me that child. You you go back to this verse in Scripture. Jesus gave him to his mother. Jesus, you gave me that child. You actually love that child more than I do. The death of that child hurts, and I grieve because I love, but you actually love the child more than I do. You love me more than I do. So, Lord, I trust you. Friends, we don't pretend to know the the intricacies of how God deals with the children who have died, especially if they have not been baptized. But we trust Him. We don't need to know everything. We can't know everything now, this side of heaven. But we trust Him. Lord, take care of the child you gave me. Lord, don't let death have the final word. And Lord, let me see my child again, because we believe that God is the God of the living. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died by the time he said that. So he said, well, God doesn't name himself after the dead. He's the living God. Therefore, Jesus used that as an, as an argument for the resurrection of the dead. God is a God of the living, not of the dead. You name your child if you've lost your child by abortion name your child and then say let's say you name your child mary or john god is the god of abraham isaac and jacob he's also the god of john and mary he is the god of the living not of the dead well we come to this point in the retreat where we ask after now keep in mind i'm I'm taking this particular moment out of the retreat but this is after a lengthy, painful process of facing one what, what, what the person did, telling their story, asking the Lord for forgiveness and healing. So all of that has occurred. Now we're reaching a point in the retreat where we allow the participants to express their faith in Jesus as the one who gives the child back to the mother. Let me just read a little bit of the passage, or what we do here, and by the way, this is not some kind of magical ritual or, or pseudo psychology, new age stuff. That's not what this is at all. This is meditation on the scriptures. This is prayer rooted in Jesus Christ. And we call this living scripture, where you take the scriptural event, and then you imagine yourself in that event. Nothing, nothing, you know, weird about this. So in this living scripture, there's a meditation where the participants visualize a meeting with their aborted child or children and Jesus. This is a beautiful meditation during which parents and grandparents frequently have a visual experience of their child. Again, nothing superstitious about this. This is just our humanity. Okay, our prayers, our love, our faith in in the word of God. We can't accurately describe the miracles that occurred during this encounter. But it's a tremendous outpouring of amazing grace. Participants have an experience with their child who loves them and assures them that they will one day be reunited. And then there is, a, uh, again, a guided, prayerful uh, meditation. And let me go to one portion of it here. Uh, where, again, we're, we're just invoking the presence of Jesus in the light of our faith and asking these moms to... Be in touch with that faith. So um, they imagine encountering Jesus. And and, uh, in the meditation we read part of it. This is a very special moment. Jesus bends down uh, and picks up a child. Another is tugging on his robe. He hands you the child. There's today's gospel. He hands you the child. As you fall to your knees, this is your child, Jesus says. You respond with awe and wonder, Lord, this is my child? The one I thought was lost forever? Jesus answers, yes, but I am the Savior, your Savior and the Savior of your child. I am the one who makes all things new and restores what was lost. You embrace the child against your heart. This is my child. You have never realized until this very moment how much God loves your child and how powerfully his love overcomes the past. You gaze into the face of your baby. You instantly recognize that the child is yours. Of course she would have this color hair. Her eyes too would be of that color. Of course his smile would be as it is. With great joy you recognize a facial expression that is so familiar. This is your child. You hold the little one against your breast. The painful journey of healing starts with acknowledging, my child died. You can't have this experience unless first you acknowledge the reality of the death of the child and and the guilt that you've incurred by participating in that death. But brothers and sisters, I want to echo as powerfully as possible today that the word of the Lord says, do not weep. And Jesus gives the child back to his mother. Gives the child back to the father, too. The grandparents, everybody who grieves the loss of any aborted child. That loss doesn't last forever. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's turn again to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask your healing grace today for everyone who has lost a child to abortion. We ask for a blessing on Rachel's Vineyard and all the other Healing ministries on Silent No More and those who give their testimony about their own grief so as to lead others to avoid that sin in the first place, or if they have committed it, to know that there is hope and healing. Bless all your people because, Lord, we all need your healing. Forgive us all our sins and heal all our wounds. Lord, hear the prayers of those who have left their intentions today or are expressing those intentions to you now in the silence of their hearts. Bring us all together in you. Bring us the victory of life. Let's pray now as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever, amen. We pray to our heavenly mother, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, amen. Friends, we've set up a special website called abortionforgiveness.com. Now, if you know somebody or you yourself need healing after abortion, go there, put in your zip code. You'll find one of those many healing ministries I referred to in a place closest to you, including Rachel's Vineyard Retreats. abortionforgiveness.com. Let's spread the word vigorously and look at abortiontestimonies.com to hear directly from those who have found that forgiveness. Abortionforgiveness.com, AbortionTestimonies.com. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. Connect with our ministry. Endabortion.us is our main website. Prolifegift.org is where you can donate to our work. We rely completely on your support. Prolifegift.org, and we will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast.